I'm Afshin Ratansi and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from Dubai in the UAE. Since Monday's episode with the former British ambassador to Moscow, Sir Tony Brenton, NATO nation media has been filled with conspiracy theories about a coup in Russia as NATO nations continue to pour billions of dollars of weapons to fuel the US war on Russia through Ukraine. The last war NATO started in Europe was in the 1990s in the former Yugoslavia and some fear that Washington may want to open up another front against Russia through Kosovo, an area unilaterally recognized as a country by Washington vassal states. Well, the hereditary prince of Serbia, Prince Philip, traces a lineage to the 18th century, to rebels against the Ottoman Empire. His father was godson to the late British Queen Elizabeth II, and against the wishes of the US Federal Reserve, he's a keen advocate for Bitcoin. He joins me from the Serbian capital, Belgrade. Prince Philip, thank you so much for coming on. Before we get to how conflict works with de-dollarization and Bitcoin and stuff, and of course, it would be amazing if the whole program was devoted to the complex history uh, of your family, arguably. What, what's your view of the curious events uh, in Russia being touted uh, in NATO nation media as the end of Putin? Well, firstly, thank you for having me on, Ashin. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, well, the recent events are quite interesting. To sum it up, I think it's just a Russian psyop, really. Um, at the end, the results of the rebellion was that Prigozhin uh, gets exiled to Belarus. Russia gets Wagner fighters to enlist in the Russian army. Russian people become more united than ever, and Putin becomes more popular in Russia. So it sounds like another win for Putin, in my opinion. Well, certainly uh, anyone who thought that uh, he was out, uh, uh, he smoked them all out, hasn't he? Uh, we don't have yeah. any confirmation. Know, sorry, more, we don't one, have any verification or confirmation either side uh, here going underground, alas. So uh, maybe it'll take a bit longer to see whether you're right and there's a Russian psyop or, in fact, well, things one are... The, one of the points is, is that uh, it, when, it, when, when it comes to disinformation, when it comes out of Russia, the, all the, all the, inform all the uh, information that they give out is always dismissed as disinformation. But when this comes out, this is uh, accepted by the, by the West. So it's, it's a bit strange that they, 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 they follow this information, but not the, uh, not the other information that Russia gives out. So, Yeah, very good point. I mean, whenever uh, uh, Russia says anything, it's always uh, dismissed suddenly. Yeah. Everything coming out of Russia is absolutely accurate. Uh, of course, uh, the US is claiming that their uh, war, or at least the arming of Zelensky, is all about democracy. What did you make uh, from uh, Zelensky's comments that he's postponing elections unless he wins, according to uh, one interview reportedly in the BBC? That's a very strange, I mean, very funny one. Um, that's America so-called, so, uh, so uh, having a war, well, I... I want to say, sorry, having a war. They're having a proxy war with um, against Russia via Ukraine, and they're saying it's for the uh, for for democracy to prevail. But then Zelensky then says that there won't be um, elections next year if there's still a war happening. So to me, what is it that democracy um, is an it pushes for dictatorship? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I think there's a, there's a lot more to this war that uh, that the general public are being uh, told about, and it, that does warrant a lot of investigation. Obviously, in Western Europe, that view uh, isn't the view being given on uh, media channels. Obviously, there's mass censorship in Western Europe and arguably even in the United States. I mean, why do you think most of the world, by population at least, represented at the UN, just wouldn't condemn the uh, move by Russian troops into Donetsk and Luhansk? Well, I think it's because the most of the world are in on some... 
put it this way. I think that Russia and China have been trying to call out on certain individuals, very high up individuals in uh, in, in in the US and and global after what's happening uh, after the COVID crisis. And I don't want to mention names, but uh, let's say it's. I think this whole the whole war is related to um, certain biolabs in Ukraine. That's also probably connected to China. Uh, well, I mean, certainly Victoria of- Newland admitted in congressional testimony that there were indeed bioweapons labs, which does raise the question as to why uh, Russia tolerated them for so many years on the border and raises questions That's arguably about point. Russian security, yeah. uh, I mean, about That's secret very- services. That's a very good point. Um, but and recently, but then over the last few years, Russia and China have been trying to enact Article Five, I believe, and six of the Bioweapons Convention for over like for, yeah, for about a year now. And the U.S., U.K., and France, and I guess other powers are vetoing any investigation by the by the Security Council. And I think I think this is uh, very important that if uh, this actually goes forward and it gets approved by the UN, which is a tough bet at the moment, but this will actually expose a lot of uh, corruption happening in the West. And I think there's a lot of covering up happening at the moment. Well, obviously, NATO powers say that the uh, bio-warfare labs were uh, perfectly innocent. And um, uh, I think I've forgotten exactly what their explanation was. It was quite convoluted. They were just doing research, you know, to try and combat bioweapons use. That's what it was. Did you believe the story, which continues to be uh, denied by media organizations via a mission in Western Europe and uh, denied explicitly, I suppose, at, at, uh, in Washington, that Joe Biden blew up the Nord Stream pipeline supplying energy to Germany? That is definitely... I don't, I don't believe Russia would do that themselves. I believe that there's even... Um... There was a report that came out from a former New York Times. Yeah, yeah, um, we had Seymour Hirsch. People can watch our interview with him on. Is that what you talked about? Yeah, Yeah. Seymour Hirsch. Okay, yes. And it seems that the evidence is stacked up against against uh, against the West that something happened that 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 there was uh, it was planned that and it was uh, that's not an accident. That was definitely something of a very expert uh, team that went under and enacted that whether it came from uh, ukraine or it came from a team from somewhere in one in one of the baltics or scandinavian countries or the us i just don't think it would happen to russia they wouldn't blow up their own uh, their own one of their own um, let's call it uh, money makers <laughs> of course but if you're speaking to me from belgrade i understand kostunica the uh, a prior leader there in 2005 signed an agreement to allow nato forces to travel through serbia uh, there's a NATO office in Belgrade. Is it dangerous to be in Belgrade at the moment, given that, uh, uh, well, we hear different ideas about where Belgrade stands on this war? No, it's. I say, but no, Belgrade is a very. Um, I'd say it's a very safe place to be here. Yes, we we are very open to um, to, to the west, to the east. We have close relations with the European Union, with the, the, the U.S. and and Russian alike. That's why we've always. Uh, that's why we've um, n- never enacted the sanctions. And that's one thing I'm aligned with, with our, with our, with our current president at the, um, at the moment. So, uh, at the moment, we it's it's a safe it's a safe place to be. Yes, we're having some social um, political problems after the school. I don't know if you heard about the school shootings that happened here over a month ago, maybe coming up to two months ago, uh, that people are a bit maybe are a little bit uh, well showing their emotions against the state that's been in in power for the last 10, 10, 12 years. But apart from the, the the minor social unrest, it's uh, it's it's a great place to be. 
Well, I mean, that's a good way to tell uh, viewers to visit Belgrade uh, for the summer. But, of course, there has been uh, trouble in Kosovo. Do you think it's possible mm. that uh, Kosovo may be a second front? Obviously, Turkey is uh, also neutral on the Ukraine war. There was apparently a Turkish peace agreement actually signed earlier on uh, uh, last year that, uh, that uh, Vladimir Putin showed to African leaders at a recent summit. Um, do you think there's some quid pro quo why Turkey has sent in troops to Kosovo in the past few days? It's, if, if it's my correct understanding that I believe that some uh, Hungarian troops are pulled out and and Turkish troops were then um, called Just in. rotation, sure it could correct. be, yeah. Rotation, okay. Well, I believe that's rotation. I don't think there's anything to it because... People then draw up the to our hist historical ties to Turkey, saying that you know it's these are these are Ottomans and they will be harder on the Serbs. But I think that's just uh, drawing conclusions too quickly. Um, yes, we are close to uh, to, hun to Hungary. They are neighbors of us. They're um, they're one of our key um, trade partners. But I think Turkish troops coming into in, um, from um, in, in, into Kosovo is really quite uh, well. I say innocent. They're NATO troops, but. When you look at if you if you actually zoom out, you say that that uh, Turkey has not been, let's say, the best NATO player. Same with Hungary. I don't believe at the moment they've been here for over a month now. They they're not posing any 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 issues. What I'm hearing at the moment, but that you know, in this world that we live in today, anything can change in a matter of minutes. So the natural next question, and I should just say, coming from you, a uh, hereditary uh, prince from a lineage that stretches back to. Uh, uh, Victors against the Ottoman Empire. That, that says something. But uh, when it comes to the Kosovo situation, why, if it's not related to that, then, is the Serbian army chief, uh, Milan uh, Moslovic, uh, saying that uh, Serbia will not tolerate the terror of the Kosovo government? Yeah, this is a very complicated matter. Um, it goes back many, uh, many, many years, this... And I believe that this situation today is going to be very difficult to to uh, to resolve. And I'd like to note that uh, under the uh, under the kingdom, under my family, that uh, Kosovo, that all, all the religions, all the states, live in uh, perfect harmony. Actually, well, I would say perfect. There's nothing such as perfect, but uh, there was much more stability and peace under under a uh, an asset rich uh, kingdom. And then ever since communism and Republicanism took over. Uh, I say communism. I say more of a socialist experiment took over, um, and democracy tried to make its uh, well. Then, yes, your republicanism. It's not perfect. Democracy, as we talked about, it leads. Uh, it leads to. Uh, it could end up leading to to sort of in situations where minorities are dis are, are not are, are are rejected or not not included with the popular vote. That. Uh, Kosovo was uh, was always going to be an issue, and I believe that there's certain powers out there like that like our region to be a little bit destabilized. Um, I don't know if this is this is this is um, deliberate or not, but we have a lot of talent in our country. We have a lot of good minds that are coming out uh, that 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 uh, that are bred in our country, and uh, we have a situation a big brain drain situation. And if you keep this area nice, uh, if you keep this area unstable, then that brain drain will continue, and you will. And I believe that Kosovo was uh, was part of that. That the destabilization of Kosovo by uh, the, the the greater powers that be, um, namely the the unilateral decision by countries like the U.S., Germany, U.K., and others, were was to 
um, keep this side, keep our area destabilized for, for 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 years to come. And now we're seeing after the shooting, after the 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 school shooting a month and a half ago, and after re- um after disapproval for the for our president, that recent tensions are are drawing up. That he then drew he drew Serbs out of the region to come and support him for for a government rally, and that then invited uh, local Kosovan Albanians to um. To, to create issues. Very, very diplomatic. Obviously, uh, when it comes to instability, NATO bombed your country for 78 uh, days, uh, 23,000 bombs and Correct. missiles, and uh, the cost of devastation to your country, uh, they bombed bridges, trains, petrochemical factories, radio, TV Serbia, 30 to $100 billion is the uh, estimate, and your GDP half between 89 and 2000. But now, as you said, EU accession is on the table, although I do hear noises from President Vucic about BRICS, comparing the population of BRICS of 3.2 billion to NATO's 950 million. Wouldn't BRICS be a better option than a declining I, I, European Union? I, I agree. Um, I believe the European Union was a project that ended, well, I say ended, that were failed as soon as they went beyond the Europe economic area. Um, the euro is an absolute disaster. So I believe that the Serbia has to have close ties with the EU, but um, it cannot lose, it cannot give up more sovereignty to uh, to a power, to more centralization that, that it is the EU, EU, the European Union. And I believe having better ties with its neighbors, non-EU neighbors, and and then having better ties, well, strengthening ties with the BRICS countries will be a, more, a better strategic route, especially after what's happening is, these days with um, the de-dollarization of, um, of the global of the, of the global macro macroeconomical situation. Prince Philip, I'll stop you there. More from the hereditary Prince of Serbia after this break. see this conflict as being one over values. That's not to say that there might not be differences in values between, uh, you know, elements of the U.S. population or elements of the U.S. leadership and elements of the Russian population and Russian leadership. There may well be some differences, but I don't see this conflict as having to do with that. I see this primarily as uh, really, uh, frankly, a proxy war on Russia's border that is being pursued by the uh, U.S. and the NATO powers. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with the hereditary prince of Serbia, Prince Philip. Prince Philip, uh, I got to ask, uh, we, we ended part one about de-dollarization. Obviously, we're not giving investment advice out, uh, out here, but uh, you know that many people in power think that Bitcoin is a scam. Does it come down to power? And that, is it uh, have similarities and echoes in de-dollarization that is accompanying the war in Ukraine? There is a change of power in the world, and it's uh, taking the form of uh, how we uh, pay for things. 
Well, that's so it's a, it's a good point. And firstly, um, it's understandable that uh, the Bitcoin is going to be labeled as a scam, and this is the negativity that that gets that gets associated with something that's uh, that's different, something that brings a better future. And those in power now are obviously going to do everything they can to try and stop this because it will take power away from the hands. And this is finally we have discovered um, the ability to actually decentralize our monetary uh, our monetary um, um, our system. And that is thanks to Bitcoin, and I'm seeing I'm seeing the rise of Bitcoin in country in in areas in Latin America, specifically in Central America, where it's actually uh, it's actually created communities where people are actually able to transact in a currency in a uh, in a money that's that that has no ba- that has no boundaries and, and and it gives and it gives empowers people to uh, to save in, in an asset that this cannot be that cannot be um, um, debased. So. Given its decentralized nature and its ability for people not to not to be uh, affected by uh, by the effects of the fiat inflationary um, symptoms, this is something that's going to spread over the over, around the world, whether uh, whether whether people in power like it or not. And uh, you'll see much many more communities around the world accepting it and, and embracing it. Obviously, other, other crypto is available, and I'm not sure El Salvador is necessarily a good example, given that uh, recent volatility in Bitcoin prices has affected their economy in uh, quite quite different ways. But the immediate reaction I have to that is, given that uh, Serbia is not implementing the NATO sanctions on Russia, uh, presumably not the sanctions on China either that NATO countries are implementing, what happens to sanctions then in a world where everyone is free to be able to trade as they wish in uh, a decentralized currency? Well, they don't I believe work. we have to zoom out. Yes, I believe we have to zoom out and not look at the sanctions directly and actually see that in in a in a world where uh, Bitcoin is accepted as as a standard, then wars will will uh, will will cease to exist. One, well, they won't cease to exist completely, but they will not be as prevalent as they are today. You have to you have to note that uh, since the central banks were were formed in 1913 and after the formation of of the Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world, then governments were able to print money and fund wars. And therefore, we have the state of perpetual wars ever since the since World War One. So, with that having said that, that with Bitcoin, you um, you have a you have you, you aren't able to there's there's a protocol where there's only going to ever be 21 million a cap of 21 million ever 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 produced, and so therefore you can't inflate that, and therefore people can't print money to to to, to fund stupid ventures that will that end up killing millions of uh, millions of people. So I, so when it comes to conflict i think bitcoin reverses the incentive structure and actually makes people play incentivize humans to uh to play better basically and it aligns better with human nature as opposed to the fiat currency which uh ends up um only benefiting those who are able to print the money whereas with bitcoin no one no one can no one can print the money and it serves the people and it's because it's controlled by the people and not by a few one in four children in Britain are growing up in poverty. I know you were brought up in London. Does it surprise you that the media there and in Western Europe has been so able to describe quantitative easing as just a Bank of England mechanism or a European banking mechanism, not realizing that it's uh, impoverished? The people. It's a bit like. I mean, obviously, the media says in Western Europe, the Kosovo is an independent country. Does the media surprise you? Uh, no, it doesn't surprise me because the media is controlled by those um, who do the quantitative easing, essentially. And quantitative easing is just a a, um, a symptom of 
of of the fiat structure that's in place right now, which is just an add-on to the to the to inflation that's uh, that that's natural in uh, in the Keynesian economics world in the Keynesian in the Keynesian world, and this is this is really you can summarize this. You can uh, look into uh, how this is explained by the can the Cantillon effects, which is. Um, which which shows us that those closest to the money printer are the ones who benefit the most from uh, from, from this um, from this phenomena, where they're able to spend their money quicker as they're closer to the printer, and they're able to buy real assets that mean, meaning property, gold, and now Bitcoin. And whereas those uh, further down the uh, the money printing food chain will will end up borrowing money at much much higher rates. Um, if you just look at credit card bills, um, credit card um, rates, you know, twenty percent or so. So the effects of inflation are much greater uh, the further down you go in the in the money printing uh, food chain. So this is why we've seen these 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 huge disparities in in wealth um, popping up all over the world. And this is one thing that Bitcoin will will uh, um, not tense but will fix. Well, while populations are being impoverished, obviously the elites are getting much more uh, powerful. You've criticised appeasing the so-called West before. How dangerous is it for Vucic as he tries to uh, uh, plot this line? Uh, I mean, I know I know your family is no friend of Tito, but some are saying it has echoes of that neither East nor West uh, policy of uh, uh, Tito's Yugoslavia. Yeah, that's 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 um, that's a good, um, that's an interesting one. That I think. I mean, how dangerous monarch, is it for him and for his government? Well, how for him? Oh, for him. Well, he has uh, this Serbia's position is always want to be the uh, play the neutral neutral uh, play the neutral card, and that is appeasing the European Union, the US, and and Russia all at the same, and China all at the same time. I don't know how long that can last, but at the moment, it's it's so far it's played out well that uh, we Belgrade has become the, a hub for Russians to come into Serbia for to to continue trade. And for the rest of the world, if they want to trade with Russia, then they have to go through Belgrade. So it's benefiting it's benefiting Vucic at the moment. It's benefiting Serbia to some extent. Um, might have some short-term effects that the housing prices in, in Belgrade might go up because I'm hearing a lot of Russians here. But we welcome them because uh, we uh, they welcomed us during the 90s, during the sanctions, when when the, when they when the world imposed sanctions on us during the 90s. That's uh, a lot of Serbs left, and a lot of them ended up in in Russia and Moscow. And they were welcome with open arms there, so we're just paying paying the favor back, really. Okay, but then the uh, Japanese-owned Financial Times saying the Serbian president said he's not opposed to his country selling ammunition to intermediaries who ship it to Ukraine, presumably to to kill Russians. Do you think that's a uh, uh, well, I mean, of course I don't it could agree be... with that. I don't, if that's true or not. Uh, I mean, that's it. We live in a world where it's, it's very hard to verify the truth. That's one reason why I'm behind. Um, I'm into Bitcoin. It's because that's a verifiable truth. You know, don't trust but verify. So I can't. I can't verify that. But if that was true, I wouldn't support that. I don't support violence. I don't support anything to do with uh, with the death of, of 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 anyone. And yeah, so I, I'm not. I'm not for that at all. But he can withstand the uh, demand by NATO powers and Washington to implement sanctions. Um, it's so far yes. I be, uh, he's he's doing it. I don't know how much longer it will last. Well, obviously, a majority of Serbs in recent polls uh, they they uh, blame NATO for the war in Ukraine. Why is it the Serbian population 
given they watch, presumably BBC, CNN is all available out there mm -hmm. in Belgrade, how is it they're not persuaded by the arguable propaganda of NATO nation media? Well, that's that's generally because of uh, what they did, NATO did to the Serbian, as you talked about, the 78 days of bombing that happened around around Serbia in, um, in 1999. Um, and characters like Biden calling us a bunch of primitive, he quote, primitive people, that we don't trust those foreign um, powers. And Serbia's always had a hard time with these foreign powers. And they don't, so Serbs in general don't trust they don't. Many Serbs don't trust the state, and many Serbs definitely don't trust these large foreign powers. So, when it comes to NATO, it's it's it, you will see a lot of disapproval here. Uh, but one thing Serbians have gone through is a lot of war. They've gone through the third worst um, hyperinflation event in, in in history in the '90s, and they've gone through a lot of hard times. So Serbs are fed up with what's happening around the world, and they just want change for the better. And this is one reason, again, I go back to Bitcoin, why I'm into Bitcoin and why I want to teach our Serbs to uh, to embrace this um, this uh, money, monetary freedom. And hence why I've joined uh, the company that I'm working on right now, Jan3, which is to do with uh, helping to speed up hyper-Bitcoinization and to teach nation states around the world about the powers of Bitcoin and the fact that they should embrace it because it's something that was it's inevitable. Other, other companies are available. Should Serbia trust the International Monetary Fund? Because obviously there has been close contacts. I understand the government presently uh, in contact with the IMF. Should it start to sever these sorts of ties and move into uh, new developing ideas of yes. developing the Serbian economy? I take the example. You you, you didn't you, you mentioned that El Salvador wasn't a good example because of the volatility of Bitcoin. But I believe, give, give it a couple of years and you'll notice that the price of Bitcoin will go up and El Salvador will be claimed as a winner. Just um, so, but then look at what's happening in El Salvador right now. They are having, they're paying back their loans. Their credit, their credit rating is now um, being up, uh, upwards, um, revised upwards. And they are now, thanks to the president, Bukele there, they are, they have gotten rid of a lot of um, all the gang members. And now it's one of the safest countries in the whole of, uh, whole of um, Latin America, in the Americas. So um, safer than America. I mean, that's for sure. Um, and this is, these are, these are actions that can be taken in by any country with um, smaller countries that have uh, more homogenous populations. And they can, um, they can move uh, towards a more, uh, towards more, um, let's say capital, capital, um, inviting uh, conditions because capital goes to where it's best treated. And I believe Serbia can really benefit from these, um, from, from less regulations and open, open, um, and open borders when it comes to uh, Bitcoin. Well, it's certainly course, not I've, sanctioning. I, I just want... got to finally ask, though. Um, sure. Any, any uh, close royal contact still with the British royal family where you can advise... Britain to get out its arguable mess at the moment as regards not only Bitcoin, but British foreign policy, arguably, as uh, it well, suffers? Well, I'm, I'm, King Charles, uh, are you I, in I'm constant contact with King Charles he, well, my father, My father's in contact with him. I'm a, I am a fan of one. I, I believe in the, mon in the system of monarchy and royal families. I believe they'll have a place in the future um, because... Uh, but. When it comes to uh, advising other royals around the world, that's something I'll be working on, and hopefully, with the um, with the success I have at uh, in, in in the world of Bitcoin, I believe that it will um, that 
Bitcoin will take over the world for the better. It will it will usher in a more peaceful world, a world where it's all about truth and not lies. We live in a world based on lies upon lies. And I believe that uh, royal families, um, monarchies, then um, states around the world should embrace Bitcoin. And the first players will be the ones that benefit the most. Not saying that the last won't benefit at all. And I think that states, countries should um, should move away from being these massive governments and more act more service service companies that attract people and and um, and attract sorry retain talent in their country and promote growth and attract people to come to work in their country so so yeah they essentially act as uh, as as companies really um in in a very stable way going underground can't give investment advice but prince philip thank you thank you very much for having me that's it for the show. We'll be back on Monday with the campaign manager for 2024 U.S. presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., former Ohio congressman and twice presidential candidate himself, Dennis Kucinich. Until then, you can keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Monday.